Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions Steve Dash, Rinko Lieber. Everybody, welcome back to Wrong and Wronger, the only show that we never know if you're going to get to see it or not, <laughs> even if you want to. But I am Steve. We'll never get some of the great jokes I told last week back, Olivas, and he is James at fault for every problem the world has ever known. Breakwell and James, how are we doing today from a techno standpoint? We could not be more ready. I did a test video earlier that went through just fine in this program and i purchased a backup voice recorder that is also (laughs) running at the same time so if the video fails i will still have audio i think it will sound far away but it will exist so this episode in some form is coming out but now that i have taken care of every possible contingency on my Uh side i'm assuming the failure is going to be on your end and that once again we will be talking to the void Well, I tell you what, we had one of, I'm not even saying this sarcastically, we had one of our best episodes ever last week. It was really good. We were both on point. It was funny. It was poignant. We told stories we'd never told before, and it's gone. Never to exist again. Oh, it's so sad. And man, I like we needed to tell those stories. Like we teased both of those stories. We teased one story on Ten Minutes to Save Your Marriage, your story, and I teased yeah. my my story. Um, actually, there was one person waiting for it in real life, and neither of yeah. them got to hear it. But now I don't even <laughs> want to know if I want to go back there. I don't know if I want to revisit <laughs> the I match. Know. I feel like I feel like those stories are just cursed, and uh, and any attempt to tell them is just going to be smited by the technical gremlins. However, well, not it doesn't take the technical gremlins to smite. It's no longer organic and spontaneous between the two of us. Like we hadn't heard each other's stories yet. And so our reactions were part of the joke. Like uh, everything was building and funny because it was all new to the other person. You know what, though? We can get this back because we just forget everything. Like three months from now, we can redo that episode from scratch. And it will be like we've never heard these stories. Like, why didn't you ever tell me that, Steve? I've never heard that. We've probably had like five different episodes like that where we just laugh at our own stories that we've definitely told and heard before. Ah, perhaps. Perhaps. Ah, well, so do you have an idea of what we could talk about today? Because if not, there is a danger of us drifting back into the last week zone. I mean, I wouldn't mind retelling those stories. We did promise them on 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage. We promised yours. But again, uh, I don't think you actually posted 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage. I think I make these episodes and send them to you, and you just sit on them. You just (laughs) hoard them like a dragon sitting on your gold. You share them with no one. Wait a minute. With the one that you just sent me yesterday? Yeah. Oh, no, I haven't posted that. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, I need... 
I need at least five minutes open in order to do that. Maybe and I don't know. I'm I'm looking at maybe December when I'll have five minutes. Maybe maybe it was the episode before that where we teased it. I don't remember. I, they they all run together. It's the, at some point we promise people a story about you writing dirty greeting cards, and <laughs> that was a couple ago. Yeah. yeah, and but you know what? No one called us on it. Like the the episode of Wrong and Wronger disappeared. I I made the apologies to Judy P and no one else, and nobody said anything. They just know it's chaos over here. They know they're lucky if they get anything, or maybe they know they're lucky if they don't. Ooh, like they dodged a bullet last week. That kind yes, of thing. man. Maybe that, and maybe that's just how this is playing out. That every time we think we have great content, that's just like a wound we're inflicting on the world. Like really, it's just it's just terrible. And they have been spared. So there was no great public outcry. There's probably a nurse somewhere in a very unpleasant lab wondering why I never <laughs> told the story I promised to tell. But rest assured, I did tell it to one person, Steve, and he's not really a person at all so it doesn't count you know i had a client today come in and i've been seeing this person for a little while now and he came in and he sat down with a confused look and i saw it's up and he said who is that person whose picture you have in the bathroom <laughs> so i delighted in being able to tell the story again it just fills me with joy james you know what? I'd like to believe that I'm getting a steady supply of new readers from you telling that story. I hope when you tell it that you give my uh, you give all of my social media handles and explain where they can buy my books what? and subscribe on Substack. No, I'm like, listen to this idiot. Yeah, his name is James Breakwell. And maybe you've heard of him, but I doubt it. And here's the story. And then I tell them and they just shake their head. Like, I can't believe, you're you're not 12 years old, you're 50-something, really, really? But yeah, yeah, this is what men do. Man, well, you know, one thing we've never really talked about on here that, that actually occurred to me today as you were wasting mm. my life while I was waiting for you is how <laughs> your practice actually works. Because, like, I okay, on TV, I see yeah. psychologists billing like uh, like lawyers, like every six minutes or something. You're just watching the clock, you know, ringing them up. And you, you went over with the client. You talked to him extra. And I was like, did you bill them extra? And he's like, why, for inconveniencing the almighty James Breakwell? And obviously, yes. That's one reason to do it, but it made it sound like you just just kind of talk to them loosey goosey, however long they want to be there. Fifteen minutes, six hours. You're just sitting there and having a chat for one flat rate. Is that is that how it works over there? That is how it works, and uh, obviously, I just talk about myself for most <laughs> of the hour that they're in there. <laughs> now, if a client needs a little extra time because they're going through something, I usually afford them the time if I don't have anything urgent in the hour after them, which is rare because I'm usually stacked up when I'm in here. But now I'm like, uh, he was like, well, do I need to leave at two o'clock? I'm like, no, no, we just got James Breakwell coming up afterwards. You did tell me a little more about that puppy story again. It was really cute and clever. Did and you, then uh, we laughed at your expense. Did you tell him you were holding up the bathroom guy? No, this is a different person, oh. but I could have because he, like most of my other clients, have already been down that road with me because your picture is not just hanging over the toilet, but it is fully visible to everybody as they're walking down the hallway into the therapy office. So everybody sees it, and I usually know, 
Well, usually the first time a person's in here, they're a little bit overwhelmed and kind of nervous and they, they sort of pull within themselves. The second time is when they kind of look around and they see this room with all the pictures. And then as they're coming down the hallway, I'll be watching and they'll sort of pause and like a cloud goes over their face. Like, what the <laughs> hell am I looking at? And then I have to tell the story when they get in. Oh, man, it's going to blow their minds when I send you that nine foot tall statue of me. Solid bronze. <laughs> all of my book earnings from all of these years has been going towards it. Just so you can have a monument of me in your in your uh, reception area there. Will you be like Michelangelo's David? Will you be fully nude in this statue? No, no. I will actually be wearing extra clothes just for, for your protection <laughs> and for mine. I'll be like dressed in a parka and wrapped in a few blankets. I, I can put an eye out with that thing. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Man. So I guess... It seems like you have a disincentive to be good at your job. You've got like the chiropractor business model. Like if a chiropractor ever fixes your back, they lose a client. Like if you fix the if you fix what's wrong with them, you've lost them as a patient. Does that uh does that not weigh on your conscience if they that if you're too good at your job, you're going to put yourself out of business? I suppose it's interesting because I just see men Men don't usually talk about real personal things with other dudes. And so I become the repository for all of their weird thoughts and secrets. <laughs> and so I see guys, I've seen guys for years, and they'll just come in like once a month and just sort of dump everything that they haven't been able to talk about with anyone else in their life. Like, uh, I'm, I'm like a weird, like a priest almost. They come into the confessional and... Uh, <laughs> We have a conversation about things they never talk about, and then they're sort of good. They're purged, and then they go on with their life and then come back in another month. So I, I do have a few that are on maintenance that way. But I do get the sense that for a lot of men, this is an area of life that they don't get to experience out in the wild. So I'm kind of an anomaly, but a good anomaly for them. You are never a good anomaly, but that, that being neither here nor there, I was actually going to make the priest comparison myself. I remember uh, uh. one of the priests at my Catholic high school said one time, he's like, oh, I was so excited to get in the confessional and do that for the first time to hear people's sins. And he said, sins are boring, which, you know, I don't entirely believe. <laughs> Maybe his people were boring. There's got to be some good sins out there. But I mean, the people who are actually the good sinners are probably not uh, in there confessing them. They're probably out doing more sins. And that's why their lives are exciting but is it like that for you have you heard it all or have you it, it, every once in a while do you just like sit up on your on your seat and be like whoa you are screwed up and i have never heard that one before it takes a lot to get me to sit up in my seat these days that used to happen more often but it really it I don't think in the last two years I've had one of those moments like, holy crap, you did what with who, what? <laughs> and I think I've told you on the show before, I talk about sex with almost 100% of the clients that I see because relationships are usually a part of what brings them in, and that's a part of every relationship. So I... I really do get people comfortable talking about things that they never talk about, sometimes even with their spouse, like coaching them on how to talk about this stuff with your spouse is sometimes a part of my job. Yeah, I uh, I have a hard time envisioning you in that role because I just think, well, and maybe it's your clients, but I just imagine them saying things and then like afterwards you frantically Googling it on Urban Dictionary. Like, what, what was that? What's going on? <laughs> 
that's the nice thing about me having my disposition is that I, I'm more than comfortable asking what in the middle and they'll uh, then revel in having to explain to a boomer what they're talking about. There was an episode of Dirty Jobs where Mike Rowe goes and it's it, he helps a guy who I think he, uh, he either went down in sewers or he suctioned out... Uh, suctioned out the the pits where the poop goes septic i don't tanks? yeah septic tank oh. that's the word i was looking for and uh he, he asked the guy why did you switch from being a psychologist to you know pumping <laughs> poop and he said i was tired of dealing with other people's crap although he didn't say crap he used the actual word yeah and yeah. uh i wonder do you ever feel like that do you ever wish you could just be out there bilging septic systems I wish I knew a little more about septic systems so I could gauge the relative health of mine. But no, I don't ever get tired of what I do. It's what gave rise to my other podcast, The Commute, that I, I got to know what people did for a living. And it was insanely interesting to me because something has to get done by everybody. And there's something interesting in what everyone does for a living, even if they don't believe there is. I bet you there is a whole class of jobs out there that uh, you would not be able to make a podcast out of, that even you would be bored to tears by. Pretty much everybody's, everybody's sitting in a cubicle. I bet you there's you, – you're, it's, I, I get the impression that you are talking to people who actually do things. I could find you a solid lineup of people who do not do things but get paid to do things, and you could not make an episode out of them. Give me an example. Uh, like a back-end insurance adjuster, like an underwriter. Oh, really? No, I would love to talk to somebody who does that. That's Just a, the stuff that... Go ahead. They see stuff... Everybody has insurance, and I don't know that anyone really understands how it all works. Like, that's the stuff that I like to tease out. Like, so if I call you and you have to come to my house because I just had a tornado or a flood or a fire or something, what, what, what are the processes that you go through? Like, just talking to people about that so that somebody listening can now better understand how to interface with that person if they ever have to deal with them. You haven't gone with the the tried and true podcast gimmick yet, or maybe you have, and what? I just didn't catch it because I'm about a hundred episodes behind on your podcast. <laughs> but the one where the interviewer becomes the interviewee, where you have somebody else on your podcast interview you about your job. Yes. So when you do, I have. I've done that twice. You did that twice, and you didn't pick me, Steve. You didn't pick me to interview you about you. I didn't think it, well, the first time I did it was, well, no, you and I were together already. Oh, I wouldn't God. think that you would have any interest in doing that. Oh, to come on your other podcast where where this whole thing started. Yes, I would have you loved that. You've been on twice. Twice. I, was, I know, and I was uh, your best uh, episode both times. I am your greatest guest of all time, and I never went away. And I could have come on there and destroyed you on another medium and you pass this is like finding out your spouse has another girlfriend like what is going on here who did you pick who did you pick over me uh you know one of the people so the first one was the very last episode of season one when i didn't think i was going to do any more of these so i just wanted to wrap it with me and uh, kate hall kate winehall uh, oh yeah yeah i know her you were on her uh blog I, I think you and I, that might be, she asked me about you and I said, oh, he's pretty cranky. <laughs> uh, I was her first 
uh, <laughs> Twitter person that she interviewed, and she was listing like you and Boyd's Backyard, and uh, I can't think, Lady Loya, I think. So she was kind of going through the list of the others that she was going to interview, and, and she said your name, and I went, oh, because that was when I, so when I was, I, I don't know if you and I were together yet. We couldn't have been because I didn't know you very well. I just knew you through the interactions that we had before any of this happened. And uh, I thought you were a bit of a dick. And I told <laughs> her that, and she put you on her blog anyway. What did I What did I ever do to you other than be we charming? We had this conversation, James. Oh, my. Okay, wait a minute. I bet you know what? Maybe you... Twitter is forever. I could probably find what our conversation was. I'm sure, because we, we wouldn't have been texting back then. What is, what is your Twitter handle? Is it just Steve Olivas? Yeah. I see it pop yeah. up. I just usually, usually your face is covered in blood, but I don't actually have to, I don't have to <laughs> type it in. Let's see here. The last time we messed, the last time we messaged each other on Twitter was June 20th, 2017, where I said, I think Holy that- I think that's five years ago. That's over five years ago. I think yeah. they're writing about us, and it's an Onion article with the headline, Podcaster Makes Solemn Promise to Improve Sound Quality Next Episode. <laughs> 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 we gave up on that one a long time ago. Uh, <clears throat> that's so ironic, yeah. Man, that's. Uh, I'm trying to go back here. When is When did we first interact? We first messed. Whoa. Whoa, we first messaged August 15th, 2014. I'd been on Twitter for two years at that point. I did not have a ton of followers. And my first interaction with you, I was a perfect gentleman. I said, thanks for the shout out, even if your advice was questionable at best. (laughs) I don't remember that, but I do remember you said something like, I don't. You retweeted one of my things, and I shot you a thank you. And you said, uh, "I don't want to be punished every time by getting a message from you every time I retweet something of yours or something like that." You were so for that. This was back in the day. Like you remember trophies? They used to give out trophies through that third party yes. app. Like I think you were yes. doing something like that, or maybe like it was like a follow Friday, and I wasn't going to retweet you because I, you know, because I, I have standards. But I, I could privately message you without putting imposing you <laughs> on my limited number of followers. Uh, but here, and you responded. So after the first message, you responded, "All good. You tweet prolifically, yet your humor batting average remains high. A rare combo. Keep up." up the good work and best to your family so in august of 2014 we were on good terms yes uh, boy i don't even know that guy anymore but man, yeah let's see here right, we're going back there's some how inside jokes these? what's that how are you able to get these just check direct messages on twitter just search my name and it'll come it keeps the internet is forever steve like this doesn't even require huh. require any like forensic uh computer stuff like this is just going on there and looking what we said then at some point things evolved in november you sent me a message of that tweet book we were both in and said my shot at a funny book post and i said if this is your weird attempt at sexting me it's working (laughs) (laughs) i don't remember that either and then then we did not message each other for from, from from November 27th, 2014, we didn't talk again until January 5th, 2017. There was a gap of almost three years there where neither That's of us... That's not true. Oh, well, maybe... That's not true. How else would we have communicated? 
When did this podcast it start? Been, it had to have, well, our podcast started in 16 or 17. No. It was okay. So you messaged me January 5th, 2017. You said, long time, no talk. Would you be interested in being a guest on my podcast? So after three years of silence, you couldn't bear being apart from me anymore. And you messaged me. And then I said, to, I came on there. I talked to you at nine o'clock at night because I wasn't going to waste my precious uh, daylight hours on you. And you gave <laughs> me your phone number. That was that was the start of our relationship. Uh, yep. And then we from there. And then somewhere in here, yeah, I'm going down here. And then at some point, some point, I said I wanted to meet up with you to do this other podcast because things were just getting out of control. I was so young and so dumb back then. Man. That's not that's not accurate, James. The, you being young and dumb certainly is. And now <laughs> obviously you're older, but the uh we had other exchanges in there because I wouldn't have thought you were a dick just based on the two that you read. You're obviously obscuring some of the snarkier stuff you wrote. But I didn't reply to people in ads on the open internet. So I didn't. I didn't want to like waste my content. I figured out I I would only post just jokes on the open internet. I didn't do the reply game. Like you called me a dick based on nothing, Steve, except your prejudices. We went down this road of animosity thanks to your. <laughs> preconceived biases based on nothing i come up here i show you i i can read to you word for word what was said i was amazing i had this conversation james what on this very show where i was talking about the early on and you were you agreed you said i know every time if i retweeted you then i would have to have this conversation with you on dm and it was wearing me out so you had to put a stop to it, and you did. I refuse to believe I ever retweeted you. That doesn't sound like the kind of thing I would do. Oh, I know you did. <laughs> I remember where I was standing the first time you retweeted me. I swear to God, I was in McGuanago, Wisconsin, in front of the post office. I'm not, I wish I remember what I was wearing, but I don't have that little Oh. It was a big moment. You had like 80,000 followers at the time, and I'd never hit anything like that before. And it was like the lottery for me when you retweeted me. I looked up to you at one time, James oh, Breakwell. What? I was so uh, much older than you. <laughs> so many mistakes up. were made. I still remember, you know, back in the early days, not, I'm not making a penny on writing, just searching for my big break. And somebody with like <laughs> 10,000 Twitter followers retweeted me. And I was like, this is it. This is where I take off. My Twitter account's going to grow. People are going to notice me. They're going to read my blog. This is, I mean, 10,000, it's nothing. And I mean, everything is nothing. Everything is nothing until it's something. And there was a lot of nothing. There was a decade of nothing in there before something finally took. But I spent a lot of that nothing with you, being a plight gentleman, apparently. <laughs> and now we have set the record straight. If I ever, at any point, what? agreed with Steve saying I was a jerk, I was just once again giving in to my fault of being overly agreeable. I am just too nice oh, to my core. And God. when he goes on a rant, I go along with it sometimes because I don't want him to be embarrassed. <laughs> so obviously I'm mistaking you from some for, for somebody else who apparently used the exploding unicorn moniker back in the day and was much snarkier. I just out. love that you were that you were calling me out to other people. I'm going to have to message her. Is she still on Twitter? 
See what? I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen her in a long time. Yeah, but you know the, the algorithm's so screwy that there's like ten people I see on Twitter over and over, yeah. and most of those are like there's like news accounts, and then there's you with your bloody face, and that's all I see on Twitter. <laughs> but I imagine you enjoyed that photograph. Every time, every like I, I stop everything when you send me one of those. If or if I catch it on the internet, every time there's a video clip, I stop everything. I grab Lola and we watch, because I am a caring yeah, and, and empathetic person. Your wife finds me to be delightful. Just keep that in mind when you look at your life compared to a normal person. Oh man, I can't. Uh, I, I'm glad I gave you that moment in front of the in front of the post office in Wisconsin. <laughs> and how did it improve things? It led nowhere. Me retweeting you was no different than that person with ten thousand followers retweeting me. You were in the same spot when I was done, and here we are, so many years later, still stuck. God. We should end on that note. We're, we're just stuck. <laughs> we went from last week with the two stories everybody wanted to hear. <laughs> this week with all the stuff nobody wanted to hear. And that's why this is the episode my computer is going to handle perfectly. I'm going to have two yeah. copies of it. And uh, yeah. it's going to get posted on the internet. And man, everybody's going to wonder, what were you talking about? And by everybody, yeah. I'm going to mean two people. And they're never going to know. Because yeah. we're going to forget those stories even existed. And they're just going to be gone. Just like James Breakwell forgets DMs that he sent and apparently erased from his <laughs> messages because he was filled with shame and regret. Which kind of sums up all of you listening and watching right now, that you just looked at your wristwatch and thought, there's 25 minutes I'll never get back. Speaking of, we have to record our other podcast now, so I'm going to walk us out of here. Until we meet again, which could be next week and it could be a month and a half from now. Who knows? This is Steve Olivas, always on time, prompt, wide-eyed, bushy-tailed Olivas for James, the cranky old SOB Breakwell, saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, don't erase your DMs that make you look bad, and remember, as always, two wrongs can make a right. <laughs>